welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas, a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach, and my job is to help you self-compassionately grow your creative practice from a supportive foundation of wellness. This podcast features honest conversations, resources, inspiration, and tangible tips to help you cultivate more balance and ease in your work and life, follow through on your goals without constant hustle, and also feel like a whole person in the process. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. In this episode, I had a lovely chat with Shannon DeWitt, who is a business coach and strategist for women. She especially helps women through transitions, which I felt really excited to talk about because transitions can be difficult even when they're positive, and I don't think that usually gets enough attention. We talked about preconceived notions about the value of hard work, having the courage to fully step into naming and owning a new role for yourself, and Shanna also shared some of her favorite prompts for working through limiting beliefs, which made me really happy that our conversation was recorded so that I could refer back to it myself. We also found out that we're both Tauruses who favor both the left and right sides of our brains. I think you'll enjoy this delightful conversation. Also a quick announcement, next week I'm going to be releasing a resource that I'm really excited about. It's a PDF workbook. It's called Fuel Your Creative Work with Compassionate Productivity. I'm personally really tired of productivity being always put above taking care of yourself, as you might guess from the themes of this podcast. It needs to be sustainable and individualized to whatever feels best for you personally on any given day. The book takes you through my method of creating a to-do list and schedule and how you personally can adapt that to evolve with you as your needs and life situations change day to day. And it has tons of reflection questions that have been really illuminating for me as I've personally recovered from burnout and really committed to the process of keeping my pace of work sustainable. The book is also designed to be helpful even if you can't do the whole thing at once because it's got to be sustainable. And you know I'm all about bite-sized chunks and taking small steps. Look for it next week and I'll give you a link and details for where to find it in next week's episode. Without further ado, on to the interview. Today we have Shanna DeWitt on the podcast. Welcome, Shanna. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here today. Can you tell everybody kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am a business coach and strategist for women that want to transition or launch a business. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we rarely just pick one thing and stick with it. So... I feel like this is such a great way to be able to help people really like move through the different phases of their business and being able to make sometimes small shifts and sometimes really big transitions because I used to be a designer and I had a design studio where I did branding and web design and as a person who has transitioned and a person who has had three online businesses like I really get that and I just love being able to support women as they go through those um different stages. And so I also have a podcast, it's called Be Heard. And then I have a Facebook group called The Magnetic Entrepreneur. And so those are just kind of like the different ways that I really like to be able to support women. That is awesome. I love that you focus on transitions because I feel like more often than not, we're going through a transition, like change in life is so constant. And people view transitions as these like awkward things that they want to move through as fast as possible. And, you know, they're uncomfortable. So I'm glad you can support people in that. 
Yeah, I find that it's really important because I, and I've noticed like so many patterns and I feel like those were things that I really could have used help with. Like I, whenever I left my corporate job, um, I used to be an art director at a fortune 100 and I thought like, I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of experience. I've got money saved. I've got clients. Like I really thought that I had everything I needed. But it was all the unexpected stuff, like making such a big transition, having such a different role shook me. (laughs) Yeah. And I like didn't have any entrepreneur friends. I didn't even have any like online groups or nothing. And, you know, so I thought it was just me. And that's what really led me into coaching was hearing this people felt the same thing and like being able to understand that it wasn't just me. And now, you know, I can see it happen so quickly in other people, like where they feel like they're struggling versus I'm like, no, actually, this is what's going on with you. And it's okay. And it's like, once they know that it's okay to like, have some hard time, like moving from one thing to the other. And once they know that it's okay, that you can grieve something and still be excited about the next phase. It's like a huge amount of freedom. And I see them be able to start making those changes. So it's not what they think, you know, they think, well, I don't know how to use Instagram, right? Or I'm not good at writing content or something like that. And I'm like, you have, you know, maybe that could be true. It could not be true. But like, you also are just having a hard time with transition. Yeah. Oftentimes what people think is the problem, it might be the problem. You're totally right. But like, there's so much deep stuff underneath it. And like, did you feel like you had the tools, you learned the tools to deal with transition and emotional stuff growing up? I definitely didn't. I mean, I think transition is hard no matter what, and it's all kind of learning about what that looks like and then what that looks like for you in particular, you know, like you'll kind of notice in different uh, points of your life where you're going through a lot of transition that you will repeat patterns. And it's kind of a key indicator, I think, when you start um, remembering stuff, like things just keep happening, like people from that time period reach out and call you out of the blue or whatever. And it's like showing you that you're, you're in a same pattern as before. And that's such a great opportunity to try to think, how can I do this differently? Do you view that too, in terms of seeking out comfort from your past? I mean, I can definitely see the correlation. I guess like the thing that's kind of coming to mind is um, going through a, a really big loss and shakeup recently where I felt like the like the rug was pulled out from under me and I'm not even talking about COVID-19. <laughs> um, and it's just like even more than that. And uh, I kept having like things like it was the music that I would hear. It was like friends that I hadn't seen in a very long time that were from when I was a teenager, just sort of like popping in and out of my life. And I thought, this is so weird. Like, I feel like the universe is trying to tell me something and I had to have somebody else point it out to me. And they were like, the last time you felt this way was in that same time period. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so true. That's so true. And so then it was really thinking about how I deal with loss. Like what, like what actions did I take then? What worked for me? What didn't work for me? And trying to apply that to, the, to a new situation where I had loss and I had to grieve and I had to do all of those things. Do you resonate with the fact that people refer to growth as spiralic? I really resonate with that because it's like you're coming around the spiral and you're on an outer layer now, but you're still, you're coming around to the same stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that we just, 
even though it doesn't always feel good, that we're constantly being presented with ways that we can grow. And, and, you know, that like back to the like original thing about transitions and shifts in your business, there's no way that you can go through like growth spurts, right? Like emotional growth spurts or spiritual growth spurts and have that not affect the work that you do. Like there's just no way that those two things can be separate like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you said this on your, is it on your about page on your website? Like if you want to grow as a person, start a business or something like that. Like, yes. <laughs> I a thousand percent believe that. But like, yeah. That was the thing I felt like nobody told me about this. <laughs> you, know, it's like you just think, am I the only person who is having a hard time with this? But it's really like, it really pushes you to grow. I mean, you really have to become like bigger and wider and, and like deal with all of your insecurities because being an entrepreneur is a huge leap, you know, and every time you write a post and maybe like nobody gives you any sort of positive reinforcement on that post or you do sales calls or, you know, all, there's so much room for rejection. Right. And like it'd be really hard. Yeah. It's vulnerable. Yeah. And it's so interesting because even the stuff that on paper looks like the victories and the stuff that people are like, wow, she's really killing it right now. That can be the stuff that makes you feel the most vulnerable and is the hardest, even though it's like societally the best. Yeah. And there's even something to that when actually I had someone send me a message yesterday and ask me if there was a way that she could learn from me because I was where she wanted to be in two years, you know? And I thought like, wow, that's, you know, that's really flattering. But at the same time, like all she knows is what she sees on the outside. And so it kind of was like, Oh, I wonder where she thinks I am versus like where I might actually be. Yeah. Yeah. You never know how other people are perceiving things or how you're perceiving things that, yeah, they'll never know. That's exactly. super, super interesting. Well, and also I would think too, she's a different person than you. So you'd be like, well, if you want to be me in two years, that's really nice, but don't you want to be you in two years? <laughs> yeah. I am guessing that, that she just meant you know, I have a podcast and a Facebook group and I'm a business coach. And that's just kind of like, I guess my business model. Yeah. To have a similar, you know, business model and everything. But it's just interesting because you, you never really know what's going on either. Like how you're projected to the world where people can look at you and think like, man, she's really got it together, but you can be sitting at home thinking, oh, my life is a wreck. <laughs> like, yeah. You never know. Yeah. And our society encourages us to work so hard that when you look like you're doing a lot of stuff, you might be going through anxiety and burnout and all this stuff. And we're rewarded for the external and not supported in the internal. So yeah, that just, it makes it harder when all the messages we get are just reinforcing all that stuff. Is that a part of your story too? Burnout? Oh, definitely burnout. I would say that I am a like natural workaholic. Me too. <laughs> and oh my gosh, that has been, I mean, I don't even think that I'm like totally past it, but I would say that that is one of the things that I have to consistently work on. And honestly, it took me a really long time to get to the root of it. So, you know, within talking about mindset and stuff like that, there's a lot of stuff online, like what's your money story? 
And I really just thought like, I don't think I have a negative money story. I love money. I think it's great. (laughs) I just really like couldn't really pin it down. But then I'm telling you like not even that long ago, maybe um, less than a year ago, I was talking to someone about my dad and all of a sudden it hit me. Like I thought this is so obvious. I don't know where I never thought about this before, but I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like never, ever. And it's because my dad was, and I felt like he works all the time. I felt stressed, just like they, like he works all the time. He never goes like, on a regular vacation with us. He's only like partially there. It's such a huge ordeal for him to take off. I don't like it. I really had bought into the idea that being an entrepreneur was hard. Yeah. Like really did. You know, and that in combination with this, um, the other mentality, which I think a lot of people have, because I kind of feel like that's almost part of being an American is like, you feel like work equals results. So it only makes sense that the more I work, the more results I'm going to get. It makes sense. I mean, it does. You feel like, like time equals dollars, you know, so if I work more hours, I make more dollars, but that's not exactly how it actually works when you're an entrepreneur. And yeah. that is, you know, but like seeing the combination, the correlation between those two things, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it took me this long to figure this out. But it but that, that those are the things that I've really had to work through. Yeah. I resonate with a lot of that too. And <laughs> I think you can work all the time and not be an entrepreneur. Like that's kind of what I saw is my dad worked all the time and he worked in construction for another company. But yeah, growing up, it was really drilled into me that work ethic was so important. And that's very American too, I think. And maybe also more generational of our parents, like things are shifting more now where we're like, okay, money, time doesn't have to equal dollars. And hopefully we can work in a more smart way or whatever. But yeah, you're so right. It doesn't translate when you're an entrepreneur because you don't necessarily know what the results are going to be. You can kind of predict, but always trying new things. You can end up like spending your whole day. I mean, that's kind of working around the mindset portion of that versus also setting containers for myself because I can sit at the computer all day, like talking to people on Facebook and making new content. I mean, all day, mm-hmm. right? If I don't create a container for it, then I'll just work and work and work and out. But it's, you know, when you think that effort is going to give me more results, it's kind of hard not to be like that. And there's no shut off because you're working at home and you're there and you're like, well, if I'm not doing anything, I should be making money. So making money means getting on the computer and just like find, you can find stuff to do, right? You can always find things to do. You're never going to have, you're never going to not have anything that you could be doing in your business ever. Yes. Yeah. And especially as a creative person with a business, like for me, I have my coaching business, but then like music, like you're never finished learning music or getting better at your, getting better at anything that you want to get better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. Having containers is essential. What does that look like for you? So for me, that looks like um, I have two hours a day that I block off on my calendar that I can work on my business. So 
Today, for example, the two hours were a mastermind and this podcast, but it's the container, right? Cause I could still, I could still do two hours of like a million other things and client work. And, you know, so, but today my day was, um, this podcast. And then I had a mastermind that was an hour and a half and then I had a coaching call. And so that kind of is, um, and then just like some additional things that I was doing for clients. So that kind of blocks it out. So I do around four hours of client work, two hours of kind of marketing stuff, but that can be really different. So that could look like, um, being in my Facebook group and doing some of those things. It can look like doing free calls, podcasts, either as a guest or or my own podcast. So that's kind of the only way I could get a grip on it, but it's working. Good. I'm so glad. Cause I feel like even sometimes when I've tried to make containers around things, they don't always work or they work for a while and then they need to shift because we're humans. We're always changing in our energy and, you know, situations in the world are changing in our lives. Yeah. So that's so great that that's been consistently working. I mean, it's not perfect. No, of course. Cause you're a human being. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we give ourselves a hard time and feel like, you know, we figure out a solution and the solution always works, but that's, you know, it doesn't. And some, you know, if I want to spend four hours doing whatever it is, like I can do that as long as, but I can kind of, you know, move those little pieces around, but it works most of the time. Yeah. It's not that you have a solution that works all the time. It's that you have a system for adapting your solution. Exactly. That works. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not robots. It's not going to stay the same. (laughs) So going back to, you said you worked in a corporate job and then eventually ended up being an entrepreneur. Can you tell me more about how you ended up doing that? Well, like I said, it was never really my intention to be an entrepreneur, but I had an hour commute back and forth and a little kid and wanted to spend time with her and I got married and, you know, really we were wanting to have a baby and all of these kind of things. So that was kind of like a life situation where I thought that this is not how my life should be. Like, I feel so tired all the time and this is just not, I don't love this. And then at the job that I was in, um, I just didn't like it anymore. I mean, just to be honest, like I love being creative as far as like problem solving but I just wasn't feeling very fulfilled there. And the person that I, that I was working for, like there was nowhere, there was nowhere for me to go inside the company. So that, you know, you, you want to have goals that you want to hit and it's nice to like stretch yourself and all of these kind of things. And that just wasn't the situation for me. So I started trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do and like how I can make myself look good creatively again and started an Etsy store and, had some success with that and got some, you know, some really nice licensing deals and like some really cool things happened there. And that was really great. And then I started picking up some freelance clients and my husband and I started talking about me leaving. And eventually he was just like, please leave your job. (laughs) Please leave your job, please. And I, on a whim, applied for a job at Anthropology to be a user interface designer and really didn't think that they would ever, you know, call me or anything like that. And they did. And then it ended up being a remote position because they had some just like restructuring or whatever. And 
that gave me the confidence that I really needed to think like, yeah, I could do this. And I turned in my notice and I did not go back. But even so, you know, the anthropology thing was temporary. And of course, you know, clients come and go and that kind of thing. And I um, got pregnant and we moved and like, I knew the whole time that we were going to move. So in the back of my head, I always thought like, it's not a big deal if this doesn't work out because I can just go get a job. But then when I actually went in for an interview and I walked through the door and saw like everybody at their desk, I felt like I was going to throw up. And that's when I knew I could never go work for anybody again. Like this was serious. It was a real thing. And so I had my mindset change from I'm a freelancer to I'm a business owner. And to me, that's when I feel like my business really started. Cool. And your body told you so strongly too. That has to be nice confirmation. I mean, not that you want to feel like you're going to puke, but like, <laughs> you know, just knowing that you're sure about it. I mean, whew, from my top of my head to the bottom of my toes, like everything was like, no, no way, no way. And I mean, it was eye opening. It wasn't like a little, eh, it was definitely no. And I, I mean, I got in the car and on the way home, I was like, okay, so what are we going to do now? <laughs> like, this is real. I need to make consistent income. I've got to take this seriously because I'm not going to go work for someone else again. And I haven't. And how many years ago was that? That was about five years ago. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I just, you know, I had, um, my business was kind of like up and down, you know, it'd be really great. And it was like, whatever. But then I also had a baby. So it didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't, I was like maternity leave, whatever. And that kind of thing. But then after she was a few months old, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go back to work. And then I decided, no, definitely not doing that. So I got to kind of get serious. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes, right? Is I have to make this work. So I'm going to. And you can't really be safe anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think having like having that backdoor option never made me fully commit to my business the way that I needed to. And I mean, everything changed when I went from saying I'm a freelancer to I'm a business owner. Like it got real after that. And it was going after clients, you know, instead of just kind of taking like whatever came in the door. Mm-hmm. Did that clarity feel like a relief or I bet it felt like kind of a mix of you were terrified about what might happen too, but. Oh, I was, I mean, I think it was scary because then it's like, okay, I could be a failure. Right. Because as long as I had that back door of, you know, that I could just go get a job, it didn't matter so much. It wasn't as personal. Right. But then when I thought I don't ever want to do this again, that meant I had to succeed. So there is always the fear of failure. And that, I mean, that in itself is a huge hurdle. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause I was just thinking about asking you, what was your biggest challenge or hurdle after you started your business and you just used the word hurdle, mind reading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, starting a business with a baby who's at home with you all day, was not the best timing. <laughs> yeah. It was not the easiest timing at, at all. And so, you know, all of those things kind of played into where I, if I had taken it seriously in the beginning, you know, it would have been a little bit different. So I really feel like the, 
my business was slow to start. You know, it was definitely, it felt like it, it was almost like, it was almost like two different businesses again, mm-hmm. because it was like starting, but feeling like a freelancer and just kind of like taking the work that came my way through referrals and then deciding I was going to get serious about it. But also for some dumb reason, thinking that I can do it with a baby at home. So <laughs> it's like it had its own uh, unique challenges. So it was really, it was like a slow, it was a slow process. Yeah, I'm sure. But it sounds like that's the way it had to happen. And it did. So yeah, you, you just went through it because you had to, I bet. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as soon as things got stable and I had a, uh, also had a teaching job at University of Tennessee and was doing a lot of things like that. And I was like, things are good. Things are going. And then it was like, oh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. How inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah. How inconvenient that I would decide. And it was really like that, you know, whole transition. It's funny because what I found to be true with other people too, is like, once you realize you want to do something different, it's like, you've already been doing it. Like the transition has already happened. It's just at what point you accept that the role is different than what it was before. Well, and yeah, it's interesting that you said the transition has already happened. Like it's this clear moment in time. And then it isn't always too. Like you could also argue that like the transition is continually happening. And, but when, when did you choose the different words is like a really important moment in time. Yeah. I have a lot of clients who say things like, you know, they feel a nudging to do something different or they feel so stuck because they're talking about this one thing that they want to do, but they're also doing this other thing. And, and I feel that and understand that because, and I'll tell them whatever it is that you are not sure about, you know, you want to do something different, like you're already doing it. You're already doing it. The only thing that makes them unable to see it is the fear factor. Yeah. It's the fear that that kind of gets in the way and like makes things muddy. I mean, I was coaching people and recording it and publishing it on my blog and stuff at least a year before I ever thought, wait, do I want to be a coach? Mm -hmm. It's crazy how scary it can be to claim the label. Yeah. Because when you claim a new role or claim a new label, then you sort of have to start that process all over again of fear of failure. And then you have to let go of the old label. And that's scary because you are confident in the other label, but you're not confident in the new label. So it's really just having to like grieve the old thing to let the new thing come in and be really like generous with yourself and kind of go through that whole thing that you've already done all over again about building confidence and all of that kind of thing. And that's all really uncomfortable. But I also feel like I wouldn't have it any other way because not growing would just feel terrible and stagnant. Not that I'm choosing new roles every year or anything like that, but it's uncomfortable, but it's so essential. So I'm glad you can help people through that. So you were just talking about kind of like grieving an old thing and welcoming in a new thing. And that made me want to ask you if you have any spiritual practices that impact you either as a coach or as a person, whether it relates to grieving or not. Yes. So these are some of the things that I do with my clients too, to really help them. I I love journaling and not in like a dear diary sense, but I like having prompts, you know, I like having like specific things to kind of like help me that kind of thing. 
I'm also a Reiki practitioner, so I like to do Reiki on myself regularly and give Reiki to my clients. Like once a week, I'll kind of send some good things their way to kind of help them so I can just support in like any way that I can. Um, but I get up about 4.30 or 5 every day and I do meditation. I do some body movement, you know, even sometimes it's like a full exercise routine, but if not, you know, it's at least just some like stretching and some breath work and things like that and, and journal. And it sounds like a lot, but if I don't do it, I just don't feel good. And then if I'm kind of having, if I'm in a place where I need to stretch a little bit, like right now, I am excited about the kids going back to school in the fall. Yeah. I bet. And <laughs> I am hiring a VA so that I can open up some more coaching places. And I have a goal that I want to take on five more uh, coaching clients. And it is a little bit of a stretch, you know, just to like set a goal. Because again, you think, well, what if I don't make my goal? Like, honestly, yeah. nothing's going to happen, right? But you still got to feel that way. Yeah. And so the journaling is even more important. So the journaling is really that I've decided that I'm taking on five new clients. And so I'm very intentional of making that part of my journaling practice. I think about the gratitude that I'm going to have for those clients when they're here. Um, I think about uh, exactly what I want that to look like. Um, if there's any fear that pops up, then I've journaled about the fear. And one of my favorite things to do that has really helped me a lot. And so I always recommend this to other people is if you're going through a transition to write a letter to your business, thanking it and showing gratitude for all the things that you have learned, but then creating an affirmation, like I'm so glad that I was a graphic designer. I learned so much about working with clients that I'm excited to bring that into my new role as a business coach. That's so cool. So just cre creating something so that every time that little bit of fear starts to rise up, you know, you feel it like right here in your heart chakra, you're like, ah, you just say to yourself, thank you so much. I'm so excited that I can take this into my new role as, you know, whatever it is that, that is really helpful for, for people that are going through transition. And the other one that I like to do is about limiting beliefs. And I will just write down, like, you know, if you're in a place where you just feel kind of heavy and just yuck, whatever like negative thing that I've said to myself during the day, at the end of the day, I'll write it down, but I'll write it down. Like I used to believe that whatever the negative thought is, but now I know that, and I intellectualize it. You know, I used to believe that nobody had cared what I had to say on Instagram, but I got a DM today. So now I know that somebody really is listening, like whatever it is, you're just mm -hmm. creating evidence that the thing that is running through your head is not true. And you're just like gently pushing it out. You're like, thank you. Goodbye. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. You're inspiring me to do a lot more specific journaling now. <laughs> Usually it's more free form. Yeah. I don't think I'm good. At, I'm not good at free form. I need like, I need something specific, but I'm telling you like that format of the limiting belief stuff really does work. Like you, because you just have to keep hearing it over and over again, that those things aren't true. And so the next time it comes up, you just quickly, it just quickly passes out mm -hmm. and you don't, it doesn't like stick, you know? Yeah. Well, thoughts are habits. Yeah. yeah. And if your habit is hearing the negative limiting one, like, of course you're going to believe that because you've heard it a million times in your head. So yeah, you're getting intentional about replacing it. 
Yeah. That is so cool. Is there anything else spiritual practice wise that you wanted to mention? I mean, I do a lot of stuff. That's my morning routine. I really love journaling around the, the new moon and the, uh, the full moon. So I will be doing that this weekend. I love my tarot cards. I love, uh, love to take baths and use crystals and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just for me. It's just that I like the rituals to kind of make me slow down, to make me think. And I think the left, I mean, honestly, it's like that left side of my brain loves that stuff, right? Loves having rituals and, and processes and all of that kind of thing. What you think about as being kind of not boring, but it's a practice, right? And I love the practice of it. I never really thought about rituals as being a left brain thing because the kind of ritual I'm like you, the kind of rituals that I like are less structured and more personal spiritual stuff. So I think of that as more right brain, but like, yeah, they are left brain because it's structure. And I feel like I'm also like a very combined hemisphere person, like both halves have their, their time and their strength. So thank you. You just kind of illuminated the way I think about my, my tendencies in my brain. I'm very much like that too. So I, it's like, I need the structure to be creative. You know, I need to know what the rules are if, if I want to break them, like I have to know, I have to have some sort of structure so that I can be creative and be free. Yes. Because I'm kind of a balance in between. Like I'm a Taurus, you know, I like Me too. things that are earthy. Yeah. And I want to be grounded, but I'm so creative and I want to be free, but it's like, I cannot be free Yeah, without being safe, you know? So I want to be free within the safe space. So that structure, that like knowing that I have these rituals of journaling around the moon, like those kind of things just really help me feel grounded. Yeah. What are your moon and rising signs? If you know, I know them, but I don't know. Like I oh, haven't okay. written down. That's okay. <laughs> I was just curious if like that was another factor because I'm a Taurus sun and moon. I was born on a mm-hmm. new moon. So I have like extra, t- I have like five kinds of Taurus in my chart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm a Leo rising, which is less, less grounded. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely feel the Taurus yeah. in my being. Yeah. Do you have prompts around the new moon and full moon stuff too? I switch it up a little bit. So I have this astrology book that I really like, and she has like things you should focus on after each, for each new moon. So I'll do those and I kind of like write out, you know, things that I want to call in. Um, but other times I just kind of go with, my intuition, like just whatever it is. Like I know, I mean, I know, I know minimal astrology. I know enough to know kind of what each sign is. And so I I understand that that's kind of what that is. And then around the full moon, I mean, that's definitely about letting go. And, you know, I like to write them out and take them outside and burn them. Mm, Nice. Yeah. I like the ritual of that too. I just started using this calendar. It's called the moon is my calendar it's like the new moon journal and it has a circle so you can track like your feelings and your physical sensations and like anything you want to track you can put on the wheel part but then there's like a space to write each day and I found that 
really interesting to track my cycle according to the moon. Mm-hmm. And then there's these pages for like release, reflect and release for the dark moon and then setting your intentions. And I just started using that in like December and I really love it because it, yeah, it's like in between of I get some structure, but it's also open enough that you can be more intuitive with it. I really got into moon phases probably two years ago. I, and it was from a podcast with, um, Ezzy Spencer that does lunar abundance. Yep. And she was talking about how people who have had different, um, actually it may not have been her, but anyway, she was like one of the people I heard talking about it. I think it was somebody different was talking about how following moon phases has really helped a lot of women with their cycles, especially people that have maybe like having hormonal problems because they had hysterectomies and like things like that. Mm-hmm. And I found that fascinating because I've never been regular. Mm-hmm. And so I just started paying attention and what do you know, it happened. It, it synced right up in like two or three months Whoa! and have never had regular periods in my entire life. I mean, they could be 30 days, they could be 45, like whoever mm-hmm. knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just really fascinating. And then it was like the more I got into this, rotation of the journaling and and all of these kind of things and then when I started doing that full moon practice and thinking about what I wanted to let go of the first three times I did it I did breath work around it and all this kind of stuff and I woke up at the exact time that the moon was like in the you know full crazy sick three months in a row just like vomiting and whoa like really really sick And then I was talking to uh, another healer and she said, well, did it occur to you to ask for it to be more gentle? And I was like, no, I didn't even know that. (laughs) That one never occurred to me either. (laughs) Yeah. Like full moon, let's get it all out. Take it away. Let's purge. You know, yeah. So sick. Wow. I took it down a notch after that. Good. The universe was like, okay, yes, we'll do this. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's what happens sometimes. That w- That's what you need to really get those big shifts, those yeah. big energetic shifts. And yeah. that was kind of, um, it was like right before I got my Reiki attunement. And, you know, so I think that it was just, it was all good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love moon cycles and I love having that to me is like structure. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Me too. And that probably segues nicely into asking you about self-care. I I know you kind of talked about a lot of things that are spiritual that also would be self-care, but is there anything else that's kind of regular practices that support you? Well, those have really helped. I mean, we spent a lot of time living in an RV and out with my kids and, you know, work and like having all these different things going on. And so I call those my bookends and it's just having a practice every day of the way that I start my day. And the way that I end my day. And I mean, my husband would tell you too, like, I need that, you know, because I need to, I need some alone time. (laughs) I need that like quiet introspection. Um, And it's just my personality, but it's good to know that like whatever is happening. And I think a lot of people can use and relate to that with what's going on now is like, you've got to have something that you know, you can depend on every day. Yes. It can be freaking boring that you just know that you're going to have your coffee every morning. Like you need something 
that is structured and dependable within your day. And so I feel like if I wake up and I do my meditation and I do my journaling, like I feel so good starting my day and I can end my day and take a bath or, you know, it may just be 10 minutes alone, but I need those 10 minutes. And yeah, those kind of things really make a huge difference for me. And I know that and continually, continually understanding that the more I take care of myself, the more space I create to help other people. So taking care of my family, but also clients. Like when I'm coaching, I am so in it and I am there for them at like a million percent. They do Voxer, so they have um, access to me all the time. And there mm-hmm. is no way that I can show up and do the job I want to do if, if I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. It's just not possible. The oxygen mask putting on it, putting on your oxygen mask first is a cliche, but it is a cliche for a reason. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time, but you're so right. You were just saying you have the, like a bookend for your day, the morning and evening stuff. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because that's a transitional time in the day and you're supporting yourself through transition, which is what you do for other people. That's so cool. That's true. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things to do is I have an Audible account, and I like mm-hmm. to lay down and put my listen to my book. It's like somebody reading you to sleep. <laughs> it's yeah. so nice. That does sound nice. I like guided meditations sometimes for that reason. Mm-hmm. I used to have a lot of issues sleeping for a while, and there was this sleep meditation by this one lady who had like a very calming voice, and I like needed that. She would kind of, yeah, not read me to sleep exactly, but same, same (laughs) feeling. I relate to that for sure. Yeah. Like everybody needs something to listen to and a good set of headphones. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Totally agree. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Is there anything that you wanted to mention or talk about that you haven't yet? I think this is a, a really fun conversation to have too. And I hope that, um, you know, I hope that people listening, if they're, Feeling those transitions, you know, even in their personal life or business life can feel like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's messy. We're messy. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It is okay. I'm glad to hear that affirmation and I, I echo it too. Mm-hmm. So the last question that I like to ask people is what are you excited about right now? It can be big or silly or tiny anything? Well, I mean, I just feel really excited about business right now because I am, you know, getting more and more clear every day. And that feels really good, especially when all of these crazy things are happening in the world to feel really sure about what it is that I'm doing. So I know that a lot of people are going to be starting businesses because they either don't want to go back to work. They're like, I'm not doing that anymore. Or because, you know, they don't, they have to, right? Because the the economy is different and stuff like that. And so as horrible as all that is, I see that as a big opportunity to be able to help support more people because I love the ability to make choices. Like us living in an RV, you know, me homeschooling my kids, me choosing to not homeschool anymore, like whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. I love having those choices. And so I want to help other people have the same choices. And I think that like, this is a perfect time for people to explore doing things differently. You know, sometimes we're forced into doing things differently, but it 
it doesn't mean it's not a great time to do that. And so I'm just really excited about getting those five other clients and being able to help more people have the same kind of freedom that I do. I'm excited for you that you're excited about what you're doing because yeah, that's, that's not a given. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Being a Whole Person. The music you're hearing right now was written and performed by me, supported by Tim O'Keefe on percussion. If you'd like to take it one step further, you can sign up to get access to my library of worksheets, my favorite tools and resources, and some other fun stuff at coachingforcreativewellness.com resources. And you'll also receive my creative wellness letters via email every Monday. You can find show notes at coachingforcreativewellness.com slash podcast. See you next time and be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm.